0: you're listening to the comic book informer podcast with vince and raj a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs you know who you are now here's your host vince
1: sometimes i think you have a little too much free
0: time on events. it took two minutes and it was so worth it it
1: was so worth it <laughs> at least you know why i put it there now <laughs> anyway welcome back for issue 288 of the comic book of podcast coming to you on august 25th i don't really care how you're doing this week <laughs> oh you're just grumpy because you just woke up <laughs> listen everybody needs an old man nap every once in a while I'm the old man here and I don't nap. So shut up. Maybe that's the problem.
0: Yeah, It could be. (laughs) I always thought it was not enough liquor. I was
1: wrong. So last (laughs) week I had mentioned that. uh, What comic was that? Oh, Spider Island (laughs) where uh, God, this is like role reversal here and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, ask me the name of an actor. (laughs) I was really happy to see that version of Tony Stark show up as the Iron Goblin. And I mentioned that I always wanted to see that happen in a certain series I really liked. So I figured this week we would take a look at that series. And that is none other than the Dark Avengers from 2009, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Mike Diodato and Rain Barreto. Looking back, these first six issues set up a lot without really doing much on their own. Before we even get started... I have to say
0: right from the get-go that this could have been somebody who trained under Greg Gland at one point. This was like between Captain Marvel's ass and literally nipples on the other woman and Tommy Lee Jones as Norman Osborn. It was like, oh my God, I I
1: was not impressed. And I'm typically a big fan of Deodato and I really like his style. Like all the stuff he did here with like Venom and a lot of the... Other characters really cool. But yeah, like some of the work in this series is far, far from his best. It's
0: bad. It's 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 bad. And again, we've talked about this a lot of times. It is a visual medium and it does make a difference to the enjoyment and how much you can immerse yourself in the story. So I'm reading this and thinking this is a a good story. I'm enjoying the storm. Oh, look, it's Tommy Lee Jones. And it's, it could literally be traced, I'm certain it probably was, from a still. Or, oh, look, a woman's ass. Like, not even just, like, under spandex where they're pretending. No, 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 no. She's got a, something way up <laughs> flossing her ass. And it's all right there. Or the quite obvious, again, nipple shots, too. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. come on. And that throws me from the story like nothing else. And it ruins some of this for me. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it, it's something I didn't notice during my first reading. Because you were a teenage um, boy? Not a teenage boy, but I was <laughs> less mature than I am now. Uh, but yeah, reading through this again the other night, I was like, wow. Yeah, it, I it, pretty much exactly what you said. I can't uh, I can't defend any of it, and I won't. Yep. But as I said, Diodato has always been one of those artists that I've really liked. And looking back at something that he drew six years ago, I was like, man. Now I need to kind of question some of his more recent stuff that I've liked too. As for the story, though, what did you think? The story was quite good, like I said. Although, I'm
0: curious if your level of admiration for it has something to do with the fact that you were younger and more impressionable when you read it. Because as I'm reading it, and I know that you really enjoyed it a lot, I'm reading it and thinking, yeah, it's good. But I would not even put it close to on par with not just the best that we've Mm -hmm. read, but like even just some of the really good stuff. Again, there was parts of this that were really quite good and I enjoyed it a lot. And maybe if I'd kept reading beyond just these issues here, I would see a lot more stuff that was really worth my attention. But like the stuff that was in here... Some of it was really not that big a deal, certainly not something that we haven't seen before. And some of it was so far removed from comic book reality, even that you're like, oh, this just would not fly. So that kind of tainted part of it for me as well. Again, it was really good. I enjoyed it, it was
1: good, but I didn't think it was
0: that good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Again, on a second reading years later, I noticed that at least specifically these first six issues, like I said, it doesn't do much on its own, but a lot of my admiration for this series is open-ended in both directions. Because first of all, this was uh, basically the next volume of the Thunderbolts that uh, Norman Osborn had led that team. And that was written by Warren Ellis and God, that series was great. And then once the secret invasion happened and Norman Osborn happened to be in the right place at the right time to make the big heroic save, you know, he's the one that was put in charge and he got to run the Avengers. That's where we got this. And then also there's a lot of stuff in these first six issues that's setting up some really good payoffs down the road. So when I look back at Dark Avengers, I kind of look back at the whole couple of years, not just of Dark Avengers, but kind of mentally also including that Thunderbolts run as well. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And I really, I didn't read those. I read a few of them and they just weren't really my bag of tea. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah. Again, I, I enjoyed this, but then there were too many parts. I'm sure we'll go through some of them, but there were too many parts where I'm like, oh, come on. Like, and even for me, because I'm willing to, <laughs> I will wax poetically about spider having a fight with a bunch of yahoos and not batting an eyelash. So for me to look at this and say, oh, come on. That's a little telling. <laughs> now, I did like, however, I will say, I didn't, I didn't. Um, the things having to do with the men- mental illnesses. Yes. Because.
1: That that was easily my favorite part of these yeah. early issues.
0: Because it, 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 yes, he's played off as the villain. And you're going to have a lot of people say, why is it always someone with a mental illness who is a villain? And we've discussed that. Was that on here? Or was that on one of the other podcasts we talked about that? Oh, that was on our gaming podcast when we talked about life and life is strange, and the mm-hmm. fact is, if most villains, yes, there is a mental illness, so the coincidence is there because they are
1: yeah. often mentally they, ill. They, they don't they're not a villain because they have a mental illness. They have a mental illness because they're a villain, so <laughs> it's, you, you're putting the cart before the horse sometimes if you look at it the other way.
0: yeah, so but I did enjoy those early moments. With Osborne and what's his face? Sentry, equally bad costume and some of the shots are going. Oh, I did not to see. I didn't need to see that back end. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bad (laughs) angle. Okay, (laughs) but um, but those conversations are were good and they were. It was something that you don't see often enough in comic books either. So I really like that. And like that one scene where they have the big powerful talk there. And as they're like moving away, you see the, the, his wife kind of with -hmm. her eyes open, looking back and you're going, Holy crap. That's scary. So there were a lot of aspects that were really well done, but then you had the stupidity of like bullseye and venom arguing about who's going to kill who and, and crap like that. That I'm like, Oh, come on, give me a break guys.
1: Yeah. I was all right with that. Yeah. It's bullseye and venom. It's
0: not. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't expecting a freaking intellectual conversation about the merits of, you know, various (laughs) classic novels. But there's a limit to the stupidity you can withstand, too.
1: Mm -hmm. So taking a quick look at who our team is here, we have the Iron Patriot, who is Norman Osborn, who's stolen Iron Man's technology and painted it like Captain America because that's the kind of thing Norman Osborn does. Uh, As we said, the Sentry. And Ares uh, making, you know, the big heavy hitters. I completely forgot Novar was in the series as the, in the role of Captain Marvel. Right. Spoiler alert. He doesn't last long. <laughs> and then you have all the characters that are kind of pretending to be other people. First of all, you have Daken as Wolverine. And I really loved Osborn's recruitment for Daken. It's like, why should I come work for you? Because it'll really piss off your dad. <laughs> Because that's pretty much the only thing you can say to Dawkins that's going to make any sense. (laughs) And then you have the carryovers from the Thunderbolts. You have Moonstone in the role of Miss Marvel, Bullseye in the role of Hawkeye, and the Mac Gargan version of Venom as Spider-Man. And again, as much bad as we said about Diodato's art, his Venom is freaking amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Again, there were some things that he did quite well, although some of it was a little over the top, and again, that's saying a lot when you're looking at something like this.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, not mentioning the best member of the team, Osborne's second-in-command Victoria Hand. <laughs> she is such a great character. I love her, and I'm really upset that she's dead. That's <laughs> yes, not a spoiler. spoiler she didn't die in this series. <laughs> she died years <laughs> later.
0: I... um uh you really don't get enough in these issues of the dynamics between the characters Mm -hmm. in a meaningful way. You get the idiotic petty arguing, which the writer can argue, well, that's what they would do. They're, They're petty criminals, but the reader will say, yeah, but it makes for piss poor reading and it's not fun to read. And then you have Moonstone, the only woman on the team, with the exception of of, of what's-her-face that you just mentioned, but she's not really kind of on the team. She's yeah. supposed to be their boss. So you have Moonstone, the token woman, who, again, they just make her a slut. So, again, it's this argument that they'll they'll make of, no, no, she's just, she accepts and embraces her sexual. No, you made her a slut. You didn't make her a strong, powerful woman. You made her a tramp. And so it's like there were too many things like that. And then Docin is... Pretty much silent this entire time there's one scene at that diner with him, which was ridiculous when you see everybody's expressions. It made me think again of Greg Land with that stupid expression and so yeah it's like,
1: that that was really weird,
0: yeah, and then you get a little bit with venom, a little bit more, but mainly just him eating people and and then most of it was. Sentry, I mean, even Ares is just annoying as all hell in this. And it's also one of those, what the hell is a freaking, the God of War doing in Norman Osborn's team? Come on. And you can probably tell me, oh yeah, but he was elsewhere. But as somebody just reading this, that's what I'm thinking. So mm-hmm. there were too many of that. Like it's all about Osborn and the relationship between him and Sentry kind of thing. And that's it. So there was really not enough for a team comic
1: for you to care about the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Bendis was going for here because it's not really meant to be a team comic. It's meant to be a Norman Osborn comic and his group of idiotic subordinates is kind of how it plays out over the over the course of its run where it's just this powder keg he puts together to put as much pressure as possible on Norman and just watching it simmer and simmer for a couple years before it finally explodes in his face again it's what i remember most fondly about the series of was norman specifically not necessarily the supporting cast then don't call it avengers or
0: you know it's a dark avengers but it's an avengers title which leads you to believe this is all going to be about that team of misfits and how they make it work or not they, they
1: don't. They, yeah. so, <laughs> they really <it's> like, don't. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I kept getting distracted by how off-center Miss Marvel's belly button was <laughs> in relation to her hips and body. And you're going, dude, where did you study art? Oh, you didn't. That must be it. And capes that are billowing when they're inside and there's no wind.
1: That's <laughs> a and power. you're like, what is going on here, buddy? <laughs> Are you going to tell Sentry his cape can't billow? I, damn right I will. <laughs> Let me talk to Not Void right now. After what right you now. did to Morgana Le Fay.
0: That was, I will say, that was like, <laughs> I'm reading, I'm going, am I reading a DC comic?
1: <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Jesus. It's okay. She got better. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. See, that's the thing too. Again, you're looking at the, again, it's supposed to be in my opinion, based on, you know, the fact that it's an Avengers comic, it's supposed to be a comic about these characters. We got more character development between Doom and, and LaFay and between her them and the Avengers or Osborn than any of the team. The villains got more attention than everybody else, which I get that it's a villain's comic, but it just did not make sense to me. And maybe okay. it gets better later. And this was just a very it, long setup, but that's a very long setup.
1: And I think a lot of it had to do with just the direction Marvel was going at the time where this was during the dark rain banner, where really a lot of the villains were the primary players in the Marvel universe for a while, because all the heroes were on the run. So again, it, it's, it's very much a product of the time it was published. Yeah. I'll say that much.
0: I wasn't reading comics at the time. So,
1: mm-hmm. so I want to wrap back around to what you were saying that, uh, the interaction between Norman and Sentry. because I remember the first time I read this, I was like, man, Norman's a really nice guy. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's really opening up. He's really talking to Bob. He's really reaching him. Remember when we watched the imposter for popcorn Ronan? Yeah. And how both of us had that point where we believed the con artist, <laughs> I didn't
0: believe Norman, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> That's what I where I caught myself. I was like, wait a minute. This is Norman Osborne. He does not believe a single word he's saying. He just knows exactly what Bob needs to hear. And exactly. there the the layers and the depth to that conversation and their one later on. I that was A plus stuff from Bendis there.
0: What I liked was was just that when you have what you perceive to be a almost like a doctor. Well, not really doctor because they're both mentally ill, but this Mm -hmm. bonding between them because of this and an understanding and a hope that Bob can get better kind of thing. And him actually believing it at points and no sooner does Norman need him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay go kill that or go kill all of these yeah. people and 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 you realize that he's just a master manipulator and that's it
1: yeah that that dawning realization that norman doesn't care if bob is well he just cares that he's good enough yeah, well he <laughs> just it, wants to use him like a tool mm-hmm. or a weapon it, it's case. it's it's great stuff and that's one of those threads that carries on throughout the series that all the stuff with the Sentry. Like Sentry is one of those characters that gets a lot of crap for being a pretty poor character. And he kinda is. He's a character that had so much potential as like a cool character they could have done stuff with, but it never really worked out. Like every time they were starting to do something really interesting with him, they would just kind of fall on their face and it didn't have a, a strong resolution. But there were points with the character that I really enjoyed, and this was one of them.
0: Yeah. Well, otherwise he's too strong. He's Mm -hmm. the Superman of the Marvel Universe kind of thing. And I, again, a lot of people like Superman, but I think he's one of the most boring characters that they have. And also just he's just too strong and that screws up
1: everything. The balance is thrown and that's what this guy is. Yeah, that's why they tried to throw in the instability. Yeah. And and the fact that he's his own supervillain. Like there was some cool stuff there that just never worked out too well. Yeah. And then also more stuff with Osborne, the scenes with Namor later on after the oh. Atlantean terrorists attack <laughs> L.A. And Osborne is just in his face going full alpha male with freaking Namor, like the last person you think would take it. I loved it.
0: I, what was funny is that, like, we hate Namor. We hate him. <laughs> but he's going up against Norman, <laughs> And when he's getting snotty with him, it's like, you go, buddy, you don't need to put up with that crap. <laughs> You're a freaking Prince Namor. Come on. <laughs> so it was awesome. I loved it. The, and that's the thing too. Like, again, there there were some spectacular moments in this. And primarily I found that they were with Norman and, and uh, Namor like that. And the stuff between Norman and doom were Mm -hmm. justifiably fantastic. They were really well-written. And I mean, the, the clash of personalities and intellects and what Norman will do to achieve his end goal to the point of also swallowing his pride when doom knows better than him kind of thing, which is not something that doom would ever do. So seeing Norman do that, taking control guiding or whatever with the the time displacement and things like that and what they're going to do it was really I liked that because it shows that that Norman is in a lot more control and yes he's megalomaniacal but he is still willing to take a back seat when it serves his purpose and I really enjoyed that a lot that's again that's good writing right there
1: Mm -hmm. and another interaction is the stuff between Norman and uh, Victoria where we see, you know, her kind of role in the story as previously she had stood up to Nick Fury and basically got shipped off to Siberia before Osborn took over and went, hey, she didn't like Nick Fury, I like her. So we have this really interesting thing with her, not necessarily in these issues, but as it plays out later, where she knows she's part of something bad, but she's still trying to steer it in the right direction, still trying to keep Osborn, I don't want to say sane, but... At least propped up well enough to do his job. Like the stuff she has to deal with as this goes on, and seeing her really rise to the occasion and try to steer this ship away from the iceberg is really what I love about that character. She she's put into a terrible situation that she knows she has no right being in, but she still tries to make good out of it. Yeah. She she's probably the only hero in this story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a little shifty, but yes. Yeah, well, listen, if you're going to accept the job from Norman Osborn, you're not going to be 100% a nice person. (laughs) But then, yeah, as we get here at the end, we see, you know, the, the goblin starting to rise. And like I said, the scene here at the end where you have the green word balloons of the goblin talking to Norman in Tony Stark's Hall of Armor. Now you know why I'm so disappointed I never got an Iron Goblin. Like from issue six until I forget how many issues it ran, I was like, this is gonna happen. Bendis is gonna give me this. So thank you, Spider Island, for finally giving me my Iron Goblin. Even if it was the wrong pilot, I'll accept it. <laughs> All right.
0: Again, you're
1: you're far more fond it's, of this idea. It's, just, than me. it's yeah. just one of those things that uh, I had a dream. <laughs> Alrighty. (laughs) Any
0: parting thoughts? Part of me when I finished it, uh, because we read, what, six issues here, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of me when I finished it, well, actually, no, let me just say, um, because I was reading it when I finished it later in the evening, so I'm sitting in bed and I'm reading it kind of thing. And had there been more, yes, I was definitely, I would have ripped through them. So mm-hmm. there were parts of the story that were definitely engaging enough that I was willing to keep going. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be critical of the parts that I did not like or thought were lame or whatever. And if the art had been far better than this, respectable and not again, because I, I, maybe it's just me. but and, and I've heard a lot of people say the same thing about Greg Land, but who knows? Seeing, and and it's not that it was always Tommy Lee Jones. It was inconsistent. (laughs) Sometimes it was. I'm going to
1: have to look back because I I didn't see Tommy Lee. Are you serious? oh my God, no, no, seriously, look back. I, I think it's the hair. It, I can't see anybody other than Osborne with that hair. <laughs> it's, I'll pull
0: up some photos of Tommy Lee Jones and I'll show you. It's Tommy Lee Jones. This is drawn line for line, like traced of Tommy Lee Jones, but not always. Some of them are so off. You're like, did a different artist draw this panel? Because this one doesn't look like the rest of the osborns And and the quite obvious Sexual over sexualization of Ms. Marvel Moonstone was absolutely ridiculous, and he pulled off the same crap as Greg Land with those ridiculous expressions as well. There's the one panel where um, Tommy Lee Jones screams at Namor because I told you. You're looking at that and you're going that. The look at the mouth. That doesn't make sense. That's not. There's no. Not that doesn't happen. We say because I told you so. Your mouth doesn't shape like that. And so there were too many things that really ruined it so if another artist had taken the the that place or if eventually another artist did it i don't know if somebody ever else did then maybe i would certainly enjoy that more cuz yeah it throws me i hate that
1: see we always have these interesting moments where i look back at these comics i really liked 9 times out of 10 i look back at a comic i really liked and went man that wasn't very good at all <laughs> at least this time i look back and i go It wasn't quite as good as I remember it being, but they said it still had its enjoyable parts. It had its flaws. It's it's a mixed bag. I'll say that.
0: And again, like I said, had there been more, I would have kept reading. And Mm -hmm. maybe if I'm like really bored one day. Yeah, maybe I'll rip through more of them and hopefully it's quite a bit better.
1: I make no promises.
0: Okay, then. (laughs) <laughs> See, I'm looking at one And this is the last I'll say about this But just because I've been on this rant For artists now, there's one Page, and it's like the Greg land Of reusing your stuff There's one page that has two panels That it's the exact same Norman Osb. actually it's the exact same Norman Osmond, and two Scientists, it's like the exact Same panel, on the same Page, and you're like, oh buddy <laughs> Like, This is just not right. I don't care Mm -hmm. how busy you are as an artist. This is not right.
1: Fair enough. Well, as for what else we've been reading this week, we got new Rat Queens, Roger. I know. I loved it. (laughs) I
0: actually, I'm not going to lie, I didn't finish it, though. Again, it was late at night and I finally crashed. But I
1: started it and I got about three quarters of the way through it gave us something we haven't seen in a long time and a long time. It's been 11 issues, but it feels like forever ago of it was just the girls hanging out, having a good time. There was no cataclysmic invasion or squid monsters. Like, yeah, all that story was still there and there was definitely more undertones to their conversations, but it was them getting in trouble. It was them stabbing a bunch of people. It was them having fun. And then the last, I don't know, six or eight pages of the issue was just the four of them sitting around talking and being those characters that we fell in love with. And I'm glad that it's kind of getting back around to that. Of course there's going to be, you know, big heavy stories, but it's nice to know that he's still going to get back to those quieter moments of just the girls hanging out and being themselves.
0: See, I found it was a little too quiet and that's why I just kind of Mm. finally went, I'm tired. I'll finish it tomorrow. I should never say that when I'm reading a rat Queens that it's like, meh especially seeing as it's been so long since one came out and that I've been looking forward to it so much that I would go, man, I'll finish it tomorrow. Should not happen in my opinion. So I thought it was a
1: little too dry, not hmm. all of it, but quite a bit of it. All right. I read the latest issue of A-Force and I'm really starting to like this now.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe <laughs> now, I'll start now. back again then.
1: Hmm? I said, maybe I'll start back again then. It's, it's, it had that rough start because it was so obviously that secret wars thing. But is that now that's, that's kind of not necessarily gone away. It's actually an even more important part of the plot now than it used to, but it's much more organic of them discovering just what's wrong going on. And the interactions between the characters remains fantastic. Uh, This issue, you got a lot between Jennifer uh, She-Hulk and Medusa great stuff there uh nico's relationship with this new girl i forget what her name is and then of course near the end you get the call to arms of everybody you know suiting up and doing their thing then beating the crap out of a bunch of thors like it's it's really starting to catch on for me now 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 that they've had a little time to tell their story and let the characters breathe i'm getting more and more into it cool and then i read the last issue of master of kung fu either I forgot to read the third issue or I don't know. Like it just felt really awkward, this issue. Like, because the first two issues, I remember being really good. I honestly can't remember the third issue. (laughs) I don't know if that's because it was not good or if I just forgot to read it. But even then, like there was so much happening in this fourth issue, like all this talking. And then it was just kind of over. Like, I don't know. I, I think they had a great idea that, probably needed more than four issues to breathe. Right. And uh, I was actually really busy this week, so I didn't read a whole heck of a lot. So I'll pass it off to you. Are you caught up with injustice right now? Yes. Damn. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Stuff has been going on, has been really cool. The stuff with Shazam (laughs) coming in too. And again, you get that, that, He's got more morality than a lot of the other characters because he is still a kid kind of thing. And it's that right and wrong. And there's moments where he's seeing Superman doing wrong. And you can see, like, given time and the right circumstances, you could see him turning sides kind of thing. But then with all the insanity of the gods warring against the, the, well, let's just call them what they are, villains, that it's, like, really, it's changing... Who's fighting who and when and everything yeah. like that Harley oh, mm-hmm. oh Harley, <laughs> gonna <laughs> miss her <laughs> that was not right, but there were a whole bunch of things throughout that i I really enjoy, and that's what this series is iconic for these over the top scenes where like. Damn, that was cool. And whether it's Sinestro sending everybody flying off when he's on the ground and gets up, or again, Zeus coming down and just kind of essentially putting everybody in their place and letting them know what's going on. But there was stuff throughout here that I just thought was fantastic. And the issue that centered on, again, Ares, the god of war Mm -hmm. where you find out the why he is who he is what he is and stuff like that and and uh and then his relationship and his role here and here's where you're finding out he's basically been the one this entire time orchestrating this whole thing and you're going like this isn't a comic book about Superman versus Batman. This is
1: a comic book about Ares. (laughs) I'm okay with that. It came off beautifully. Yeah, because, you know, he might have put the pieces into play, but it was still Bruce and Clark that made their decisions. So, yeah, okay, Clark might not be the big bad of, okay, there's another reason behind it, but it doesn't diminish their actions at all. It's not like they pulled back the curtain and went, okay, none of that ever really mattered because it still does. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm really enjoying this.
0: Mm. Um, the obvious Renew Your Vows, number four.
1: Yeah, <sighs> I, I, I did read that, but of course, I'm not allowed to talk about spider stuff without your permission. You're allowed. Don't <laughs> be that way. Prissy <laughs> little thing. Um, this was cool.
0: Like, we're getting a lot more information about what's going on, who are the big players, and and stuff like that. So this was really quite cool. And then the obvious let's-go-save-dad moment kind of thing, you're like, oh, <gasps> I'm really looking forward to five. It was, <laughs> it did not let me down one iota. Loved it. Annie May Parker is a character
1: I need in my life. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, we need her a lot more. I don't. I, I'm 99% certain she's not going to be around after Secret Wars is over, and that's that hurts now.
0: <laughs> that would be a not just a missed opportunity, but a bonehead move. They made room for Spider Gwen. They need to make room for her as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, and stick sticking with the obvious spiders, you read the uh, the new
1: silk. Actually, I didn't get to that one. Okay, this one. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been so long since one came out, right? Like issue five was forever ago. Yeah, this was cool because like she
0: is really coming into her own in terms of finding that strength within to do what needs to be done because she's being put into situations where there's no choice but to kind of thing. So there's some really powerful moments and her going up against cat was like fantastic. Anytime somebody can send cat flying down and hitting like all the rails on the way down. You're like, (laughs) you go girl. So there were a bunch of things that I really, really liked about it. And then you have still some room for, tenderness between her and Peter as well kind of thing and not the over sexualization. They just want to hump each other all the time, which was funny at the time, but I'm glad it's done kind of thing. And now Mm -hmm. it's just them wanting to be close and understand each other and things like that. So like this was, this was a good issue for her and the character as well, the the hero as well. So I liked it. That's good. Yeah. The, The art I'm still not crazy about this style it not that it's bad it's just i wish that it wasn't such a cartoony style i mm-hmm. could go with something that's more realistic in terms of the style but eh, that's just a preference kind of thing that's stacy lee it still looks good and and i think it would fit very well because we've discussed that with other issues like uh, gotham academy that mm-hmm. that kind of thing fits and it's like oh, it's great but for me it doesn't really fit for an adult character like this but anyways spider verse did you read that one too mm-hmm. so then uh, I was a little bit more mad
1: about this one. I don't know about you Not much actually happened yeah I don't like, know. It, it was two really important scenes that took up a lot of page time. yeah, so it was kind of yeah, hey, speaking of art not crazy about that it it's never been good on this series yeah Star wars i be behind on that one.
0: It must kill Aaron that the flagship title is actually not the best one <laughs> <laughs> like it's not that's that not to t- say it's bad, and that's the thing as I'm reading it, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, oh, it's no Vader, but <laughs> it's just of the three currently being published,
1: it's number three. Now <laughs> I will
0: say this though, it has gotten better. The first
1: few issues,
0: yeah. I was not crazy about it. Like, I mean, I, it was,
1: I actually got back into it with the whole Han has a wife thing. Yeah. i find,
0: okay, I need to start reading this again. And that continues in this. And that part in here, you're like, oh, I see what you're doing now kind of thing. And it was fun and it was good. And once again, the art was spectacular. And then uh, Luke going to Narshada and getting in a bar, fighting all that stuff. Again, fun and it was good. And I'm looking forward to seeing the rest. It's just...
1: It's no Vader.
0: I'm sorry. And
1: I don't know that it can be a Vader either. I think Vader is just a special thing right now. Yeah. So that's it for me. All right. Well, then, for this week's new releases from Marvel, we have a relatively short list for them this week. We have Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps, number three. My new favorite series, Hank Johnson, Agent of Hydra. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The cover art is like some fat middle-aged guy with a gut spilling out of his Hydra costume. It's obviously going to be comedy, but I have to check it out. Magneto, number 21. Marvel Zombies, number three. Old Man Logan, number four. And the second best Star Wars comic, Lando, number three. Oh, yes. From DC, we have Batgirl, number 43. Gotham by Midnight, number eight. Justice League, 3001, number three. And We Are Robin, number three. From Image, we have East of West, number 20. They release an issue just about the time I forget what happens in the previous one every time, as well as Low, number 9. And then from IDW, have a really good week from them. We have Ghostbusters Get Real, number 3. Godzilla in Hell, number 2. Ragnarok, number 6. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Casey in April, number 3. And you ready for this one, Raj? Sherlock Holmes, The 7% Solution, number 1. What is that? All I know is Sherlock
0: I, Holmes. I, 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 I literally leaned forward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All I know is Sherlock Holmes teams up with Sigmund Freud. Dude, I was just, I started
0: reading a Sherlock Holmes and Houdini series. I didn't finish it. Yeah, I, I saw I, that. I, like... I quite literally just started and I went, ooh, I need to read this. And
1: then I had to read your stupid Dark Avengers comics. <laughs> Next week I'll have read them. I'm just waiting for the week where I sign you something and then I cut to you and you just talk about something completely different. That's happened. Uh, not for a while, though. It has, though. hasn't it? Yes, yeah. it has. God, what was that now?
0: God. I can't remember and I'm not going through the archives for it. <laughs> if you're a fan of the show and you know which one I'm talking about, let us know.
1: Well, fans, thanks for listening. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBInformer. Check out our gaming podcast over at forthelore.com. We did another Dungeons & Dragons session this week, and hopefully very soon we'll have a new episode out on Popcorn Ronin focusing on artificial intelligence movies, including Avengers Age of Ultron. So until next week, thanks for listening. Make
0: sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.